You're listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series, and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. The interview subject that I've got served up for you on this particular episode of the podcast series is James Ward Armstrong. He's a guitarist in Perth-based outfit Tempest Rising. The reason for the conversation is to promote their excellent album, Alter Ego. So let's have a listen to what James has to say. Here we go. James Andy McKay-Smith calling for our chat. How are you going? Good, mate. Yourself? Good, mate. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for uh, being able to reschedule. I really do appreciate no, it, man. It's helpful. No problem, mate. No problems. Mate, what has the day held for you up to up to this moment in time? Oh, I'm currently sitting in the uh, rehearsal room waiting for all the guys to rock up. So. <laughs> oh, sweet. Um, Hard-working right, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> I fucking just worked all day today and, yeah. Yeah, ready to go. So. Oh yeah. What's the what? What does the day job entail? What do you do there? Uh, I do truck truck and mining spare parts. So. I oh, gotcha. Got out there, mate. Yeah, you're at Perth, aren't you? Yeah, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a massive industry over there, like us here in Queensland. I try to. I talk to a lot of people all over the world, and it's one of the things that I say is, uh, you know, with the recent election and all the rest of it. Um, uh, you know, one of the things that people didn't understand is that uh, if uh, Labor had got in. Uh, it would have had a devastating effect on our economies, oh, our, yeah, our state-based sure. economies, if you like. And, you know, mm. the environment's important, but people's livelihoods are too. So you've got to have yeah, more balance yeah. and what the other fellow was bringing to the table. Uh, yeah. But a lot yeah. of our southern compatriots have their own inner-city views and they're welcome to them, but we have ours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a, bit of a catch-22, isn't it? Can't, you can't please everyone. Indeed, mate. Indeed, but look, let's let's talk about this uh, this album, Alter Ego. Yeah. Okay, I'm a fan. Okay, so it's a killer mix, and this is what I'm hearing. Correct me if I'm wrong, and I'll invite you to to tell me uh, what your thoughts are on the moment. But mate, what I'm hearing is a killer mix of post 2010 Sweet Death, other a la In Flames. But yep. I think it's an album that Matt Heafy from Trivium, Trivium. I think he could probably take some notes on and apply to his own songwriting these days because I don't rate anything that he's done post-Shogun, I've got to say. I think most of it's fairly ordinary. But on that note, you must be thrilled because this is a bloody good album, as I say. It's you know it's better than anything Disturbed have done recently, Trivium, or frankly, In Flames. So, so I've yeah. said that. They're not your views, but they're my views. But what do you think? <laughs> oh, I, I appreciate the view. They're very... Uh, very... Very nice to hear that. <laughs> it's been a it's been a long time coming trying to get this like, thing out. So um, just been we've been obviously oh, you know being a being a musician, you're not you're not fucking raking in the money. So we all you know we've got day jobs and all, all this. So we've been obviously travelling a bit as well. So we like to keep the um, the wheels in motion. So uh, it's good to finally get out. I could definitely yeah. Well, so we have been compared to having those influences before, which is um, which is nice. I think we. Um, I think we've shedded a few of the kind of metal coreish influences we had on the on the first album, and that's mm-hmm. partly due to with um, a bit of a lineup change as well. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy with those comparisons. They're all well established uh, touring bands, so that's also that's that's, that's good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now you, you're the guitarist in the band. How how many guitarists are in the band though? Is it yourself and somebody else, or you're you're the street? Yeah, so I, I no, I play rhythm, and uh, Daniel plays uh, at least. All right, here's another compliment then, because a lot of heavy metal bands, I call 
all of this sort of music, heavy metal, by the way. So just bear with me when I say that, you know, I'm from the old school. I'm in my forties. So if it's tough and aggressive rock music, it's heavy metal as far as I'm concerned, you know, but these days, a lot of heavy metal bands fall back onto that bloody awful dense style of riffing. Okay. And, uh, it's really getting old to be honest with you, but yours reminds me far more of that Stephen Carpenter style, Deftone style riffing. So it's very musical. It's very melodic, but it's brutal really important there it's it's hard it's tough it's tough and so you as a guitarist mate Stephen Carpenter I think is an excellent guitarist who's had his own issues with Chino and the rest of the band there and the Deftones and bringing the metal to the people but mate who are you inspired by is, is Stephen a, an influence in particular um I, I don't really listen to much Deftones to be honest mm. <laughs> I um my influences oh it, they range really like I'm, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big like '80s thrash fan. So nice, kind of like Bay, Bay mm. Area thrash. I like, I love the speed and all that, and I, I love all the modern stuff. You know, I like speed all stuff like Lamb of God and whatnot. There's all that technical stuff. That's kind of my, that's my jam. So I do. Um, I get my influences vary really, like even you know up to the stage of like early '90s Machine Head and stuff like that as well. So killer. Um, yeah, like Trivium. I do, Matt Heafy. I do. I do. Uh, hide him high regard for a, a big influence. Um, more so on his uh, on, on songwriting abilities. Um, uh, yeah. Um, Isn't that interesting? Because yeah. I think the opposite. I think he's a far better guitarist than he is a songwriter. You know that, and and the reason I say that, I thought the Crusade was the second coming of Master of Puppets. I still rate that album very highly. Yeah, that's definitely a good album. Yeah. Oh, it's a. I remember when it came out, and I remember thinking somebody's done it. Someone's released Master of Puppets Mark II. It's right here. <laughs> I couldn't believe that I was hearing it, to be honest with you, and I hadn't even heard of the band before. But I got that album and I listened to it so much, and I still listen to it. I think it's an extraordinary album. And yeah. you know, what they did with Shogun too, I even think they stepped it up unbelievably on Shogun, but they just lost it. And I don't know what the hell happened. And then they did that weird tour with Disturbed in Australia. Do you remember yeah. when they... I never yeah. understood yeah. that. Yeah. I never understood yeah. why the hell would you align yourself? Nothing against Disturbed, but they got about as much in common with Disturbed as what they do with Beyonce. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's the point? Yeah. You know, and and but it's interesting to hear that hear your take on things because I think I think you're a very good guitarist, mate. You know, I can hear you're the sort of guitarist that was really listening to people around you. You know, that might sound naff, and the reason I can hear that is because I'm a musician as well. I'm a, I'm a bass player, and you seem to be the guy who. Correct me if I'm wrong here. You're not looking at your fretboard all that often, but you're looking around at, at the other guys, anticipating the change. Um, I'm usually just uh, headbanging my fucking head off, really. Most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, is that you're not focused yeah. on your fretboard. You're yeah. doing something else. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Well, that's great, man. I mean, it's it's the, the proof is in the pudding here because your guitar style, mate, is um, you're the sort of guitarist that I'd like to hear a lot of emerging guitarists listen to. Because it isn't flashy, but it's very solid. It's extremely yep. solid. And all of these bloody internet shredders, these YouTube YouTube shredders that are trying to copy, you know, the great Lucas Man from Rings of Saturn and don't have a chance. For me, they need to listen to you and just understand, okay, that being solid and producing the almighty riff, that's what this music's all about. Yeah. Well, we, we, we write to compliment the song, you know. We don't, don't write to uh, feed our egos. How the song fits, and if the song's simple, it's simple as long as it sounds good and we enjoy it, and we think it's something that appeals to people, then that's uh, that's a tick in our books, really. Yeah. 
Who wrote the? Who did you write a lot of the riffs? Uh, Daniel wrote a lot of it actually. Um, I pitched in with a few bits and pieces here and there. Um, he did write a lot of it. Um, I, I guess I took on more of a, uh, I guess a producing role for assembling the songs. There was probably a few songs there that he kind of had written or structured up, and we kind of played around with it a bit more and made it more of a, I guess, more of a, a Tempest Rising song, so to speak. Um, how we how we would kind of construct songs. So, but yeah, like that, that DJ had a lot of um, a lot of riffs and ideas in his head, and like so we've been working, we've been started pre-prod on that album probably four, two, three years ago. So we had a lot of ideas and floating around and stuff like that. So, or he had a lot of ideas, and we combined it together, and like like how we all write our songs, like we either just we bring in an idea, and, and we all kind of jam it, piece it together, and and then we kind of lay it down at home pre-prod and. Um, yeah, just move on to the next one and take from there. So yeah, he I, I do give him the credit because he's a he's a genius. He he's a big um he's a big Pantera fan, so he loves his little groovy okay. kind of riffs and stuff like that. So there's quite a bit on there that you could probably hear. Okay, there you go. Well, maybe that's where it's coming from. Yeah, I heard Deftones to be honest with you, but if it's yeah. if it's Pantera, so be it. You know, but uh, I, yeah. I love both bands. By the way, I've had a chat yeah. to Phil, legend. You know, I'd love to chat to Stephen too, by the way. But, uh, mate, just just talking about this album again, the other aspect of it that I really enjoy, which seems to be overlooked these days for obvious reasons, is album artwork. But you've really bought it. A bit like um, your, uh, your, of course, being from Perth, uh, Carthacy. You know, those guys there, you've both got great artwork uh, here. So can you tell me a little bit about the Alter Ego artwork? Yeah, we we basically... We had an, uh, had someone else actually originally design it, and um, it was just looked pretty much completely different to to what our, the final product was. And um, I guess we wanted that kind of face with the with the uh, good and the bad representing the kind of the alter ego, alter ego, so to speak. Um, but the original artist, he just couldn't. Um, he just had too much on his plate. He couldn't really commit to it. So he he put us onto another guy who, yeah, pretty much. Well, I said we wanted. He, the guy that we put it onto was pretty responsible for some pretty kind of heavy and uh, dark kind of um, artwork. So I said, you know, we're, we're not. That's not us. You know, we're not. As much as we're a heavy metal band, we're not. We're not straight past that kind of you know death yeah. metal yeah, gotcha. category. So we want something more us. You know, something more vibrant, uh, color wise and stuff like that. A bit more, I guess. Um, uh, I don't know, more, more trippy, I guess, so to speak, like just something mm-hmm. a bit different. And that was kind of, and yeah, he pretty much nailed it on the head straight away when he, when we got the uh, kind of first take of it. And yeah, it was, it's uh, it's awesome. It's awesome artwork. We love it. I'm looking at your Facebook page right now. Um, is there anywhere we can go to um, purchase things on your Facebook page at the moment? So, because I actually think this is, you bought a really strong game here with this album and I'd hate for you guys to miss out on any opportunities for fans to part with their money for you. Yeah, so there should be um, if you, there's a, should be a link on our page for the uh, for the nerve gas, which is what we based all our pre-orders for the album before it released, and they it, currently yeah. still got they currently still got stock, so they'll probably, we'll just probably be pumping that um, that site until obviously they run out of out of the uh, pre-orders that we had sitting there, um, and then uh, yeah, if you head to our website, uh, our big cartel links um, hooked up to our website, uh, tempestrising.com.au, so. That just takes you to the big car website, big cartel website, and um, all our merch and stuff, um, kind of all, all there to, to purchase. So, yeah, gotcha. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I've got it here now. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Yeah, you got some pretty cool merch here. You got a really cool hat, flat brimmed hat there. That's cool. Um, 
You got the CD. I'd love to see this on a flag, mate. This yeah, album cover. yeah, definitely. I've got some, got some plans for the album cover to get done up on some pretty unique stuff. So a couple mm. of little exclusive one-off things and stuff like that as well. So. Yeah, sweet. Now, let's talk about this album, uh, the, the engineering side of it, sorry. The engineering and yep. production side of it. So who did you choose to work with? Uh, so Simon Mitchell from, actually from the big Perth band here, Chaos Divine, he pretty much took on all the engineering and uh, mixing duties for the album. Uh, we had worked with him previously with our other two singles um, prior to the album, so that was uh, No My Name and A Part Of Me, which were done yeah, a couple of years ago. So they, yeah, he, he we went back to him. We um, hired out a studio, underground studios over here in WA, so we pretty much tracked everything in there. Um, and then we had a setup at his um, at his house. I did a little bit of um, did a bit of vocal, well, did the rest of the vocals and a bit of the lead guitars and stuff. A little bit extra trinket things to do the um, album. And then I had a um, friend from uh, Ollie from who used to play in another black metal band here in Perth, uh, Dead Space. He did all the cool. He um, did all the stuff for the uh, the backing tracks for the single, up to the strings and orchestral arrangements behind the um, which you can kind of hear in some of the tracks. Okay, so he's your George Martin, in other words. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, I did hear that. Yeah, it's uh, you know it's interesting, isn't it, bringing in outside collaborators because they've got to be people that you trust, but you've also got to take a yeah. punt at the same time, haven't you? Oh yeah, sure, definitely. No, he, he we we just needed some really nothing to overly flash, more so just to compliment and fill out a little couple of little uh, songs that had a bit of gaps and that we felt were a little bit empty. Uh, even if it was just sitting right back in the mix, it just kind of just uh, adds to the whole complete sound. Yeah, okay. Now, I asked this question uh, in the previous interview with the drummer from Carthacy, and the question is, with all of the digital noise out there these days, in other words, it's a very cluttered market, great, you're an independent artist, it means that you can make music and you can bring it to the people, but... How on earth do you cut through all the noise out there to promote such a wonderful release that you've got here? What are your plans? Oh, you just got to keep pushing, 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 whether it's um, hackling your mates or social media and all that stuff like that. You just got to, you just got to, got to get it out there and, and keep, keep, keep with it. It's, um, yeah, like I said, it's a, it's a very, it's a very um, condensed market and. Uh, it's a catch twenty two, you know. It works on a good thing as well, you know. People, is, everyone has can just release stuff, and and anyone can get a hold of it. Um, but yeah, you got to you got to have a. I guess the the main thing is you got to have a product um, that that you believe is good enough, I guess. And like we we spend a lot of time and money and effort not to say that that's that's the only reason why it should be good. But yeah, a, a good product also helps. <laughs> and we've got it. We yeah. we've got a. We've got a good following here in Perth. We've been very, very fortunate with um, over the last probably year and a half of all the um, all the international support sites we've been, we've, um, we've been managed to to jump on and take advantage of. So mm-hmm. we like to think we've built a bit of a portfolio while this album's been currently in the works. So um, it's good. Like we, it's good to see. Like, it's been that long since we've released an album that like the, or the feeling of releasing it and all the people coming in, you know, messaging and saying it's awesome and all that. It's a bit foreign because it's just Sweet. been so long. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah, it's yeah, it's it's definitely hard. You just got to be persistent and definitely and definitely just just spam it really if, if you if you have to, you know. Mm-hmm. It's uh, definitely definitely tough market to crack. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you absolutely. That first and foremost, you got to have a great 
and I hate to term it this, but it is a product. You've got to have a really good product there that people can wrap their heads around and that they understand. And you've also also got to understand your target audience. And it sounds like you guys know that. So it's great that you've got that that sort of following in Perth. Have you got some tours over east organised coming up? Because I think you guys are going down really well here, mate, in Brisbane. Yeah, we've um, at the moment we've only locked in uh, a show in in Melbourne uh, in the uh, end of September. Uh, so we're over there just for the weekend. But the plan is for before the end of the year to at least get back to, to Sydney and Brisbane and, and do maybe a weekend run over there again um, for for the album's sake. If anything, before it um, well, not say before it goes cold, but yeah, before before the end of the year. So so it's still fresh in everyone's minds and. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, we want to get back on the road again and, and go, go overseas again next year. It's interesting you make that comment there about it not going cold or before it goes cold because you're right, unfortunately, these days. Um, back in the day, I remember buying um, or watching Faith No More about, God, it would have been 18 months after Angel Dust was released or, or you know, the tour, when the, yep. 18 months after it was released, and that was considered... The new album, eighteen months. Yeah. God, God Almighty! If you did that these days, you'd be called a heretic. You know, I mean, yeah. the position bands are in these days is to get as much promo, as much press, as much attention as you can within the first ninety days. Because after that, with regards to the way the industry thinks of it, and some fans, it's dead. But of course, yeah. for the vast majority of fans, and that's not the case. But the industry is a very mysterious, not a mysterious beast. It's just a beast that wants new once ever changing, once ever evolving. But it's a really good point that you make there. So, yeah, man, I just I, – I, mean, I know the album's out since Friday. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, yeah. since Friday, yep. Yeah. It's out since Friday. I just – yeah, man, I hope that Triple J – actually, Triple J won't get behind it because they don't do that to heavy heavy music. We know that. Um, yep. You know, when poor old Andrew Hogue left uh, – uh, what was it called? Three hours of power. It used to be called. I remember the Costa Zulia days. God, I'm I'm this age. <laughs> That's how old I am, mate. To be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but I, you know that the heavy metal program, whatever it's called these yeah. days, faster, louder, or whatever yeah. it's called. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. but I mean, you get you get your opportunity to get played once in three hours after 10 p.m. on a Tuesday night or something. Like they're totally, as they have done for many years, 30 years, 40 years, probably at this point, marginalised mm. heavy metal on. In the public broadcasting space, it's crazy. They should give equal space to all masthead genres. I'm not talking about weird subgenres that people don't know anything about, but a masthead genre like heavy metal and hard rock should be given a bit more than just the one show, in my view, because that'd really help bands like you guys and Carthacy. Yeah, you know, and that's what's needed, I think, these days. I mean, I've had my own show on Four Triple Z, but it was it was digital. And I have no idea how many people listen to that because we don't get any, any data back. I know some people did because I got some mail, you know, some emails or what have you. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, you can always do um, the Google check, meaning you put in the name of your band or, in my case, podcast, and you see what comes up afterwards. And 4 Z came up afterwards, meaning people were searching for the show. Great. That's great. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you want to make it more obvious for people, don't you, especially if they get yeah. to discover you? Of course, yeah. Yeah, you know, so I, I really think Triple J got a lot to answer for. Sorry, my own personal feelings about this, but you know, with a band like you guys, Tempest Rising, like really, I mean, the obligation should be there to give some coverage to you guys. I mean, you've put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into this. It's a, it's an excellent album, and I'm not for a moment saying that should it be played between seven and ten a.m. and 
you know, the peak times, but at least play it, maybe play it in the evenings, maybe dedicated all of their evenings after 10 or 11 p.m. to uh, hard rock and heavy metal for a couple of hours. God almighty, for the rest of it, we're listening to pop and urban music. Yeah, yeah. If, if, if only, huh? Yeah, well, we can wax lyrical about it. You know, give us a couple of pints and enough time, yeah. mate, we could solve the world's problems. <laughs> you know, but uh, it alludes to a greater point, and I just raise this point because I, I do think it's a very accomplished album, as you can tell. But what are your t- what's your take on the state of heavy metal and hard rock in 2019? Is it in a healthy space? Oh, more, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, it's, I guess, the, the age of, having you know the internet and social media just makes makes the music so much more accessible and that's not just in heavy metal that's in in genres in all genres um it's definitely definitely heavy it's definitely healthy i, I guess i guess australia's in a bit of a rebuild stage at the moment i, I, would, I would guess you know we're, you know we're, we're you know and just got the download festivals going again and you know yeah. all that kind of stuff so it's um guess it's it's kind of had to, had to come down before we got rebuilt again so um, so yeah, it's definitely definitely on the men. Like uh, the local scene in Perth is is, is on on the Fantastic. men as well. Fantastic, yeah. It's Fantastic scene. Good. Like, it was probably a period there, you know, a few years ago where it was a little bit unhealthy, and um, I guess that helped, that probably that was probably a cause of lack of you know bands coming over as well to, to Perth as well. So, but no, we've had a, a good a good influx of bands come through over the last couple of years, and so we've been fortunate enough to share the stage with a, with a handful of them, and and yeah, the, the our our album launch this this Saturday is at our monthly metal club that we have here, Hornography, which has been running for a year now. And excellent. It's been, um, it's, been it's run by a couple of ex, um, a couple of uh, veterans of the music scene, and they've put it on there to kind of just to keep it keep it alive. It's a bit of a you know it's a club for everyone to kind of come down, check out local bands every month, and there's you know like swap meets and they do themed themed months and stuff like that. And, it's uh yeah it's definitely it, it's good it's good to see because you can see a consistent crowd coming in and, and you see new faces every every month which is which is even better. That's true, true, isn't it? Yeah. So do they play if it's a metal night? Is it like a nightclub style setup or is it meaning that they, a DJ plays music or are they bands? Are they bands? No, bands, playing? bands. They put they put on um, three to four bands. Um, whether whether they're doing an album launch or it's their, it's their first show Sweet. or you know they had a couple of I think a couple of months ago they did even had their first East Coast band over, um, but like so they do they pick up uh, you can you can apply for being like the DJ in between the in between the band sets as well so you can you can um, put your name down for that and they pick Unreal. where you you for the night you, you can pick whatever music you want to play in between the bands, um, any band is welcome to come down and sell merch you know they've got a whole table set up so you know even if you're not playing you can just Come down with the merch and converse and sell some stuff, and um, it doesn't have to be your band. If you if you run, um, you know, a, a club or anything anything like that, it's pretty much open to open to the market. If you think really, you know, metal related, and and they do special drinks deals and stuff like that as well. So it's um, it's very very welcoming, and it's um, it just is trying to entice more and more more and more local people to come down and check out local music because you, know, uh, you know there's thousands and thousands of um, of people in around Australia that love heavy metal and especially WA and it's mm. just kind of trying to entice more and more people to get involved to, and find more, more local acts and, and help support yeah. them. You're right about there being thousands of, and thousands of people around, not just Western Australia and Perth, but all over Australia that love heavy metal, mate. It's a, uh, you know, I mean, we're the country that ACDC originated from. 
We've had so many wonderful underground thrash and death and black metal bands over the years. We we really have punched above our weight, a bit like we have in sport through the years. Um, it's just a way of connecting everybody, isn't it? How do you do that? And the obvious way to do it is by Facebook promotions and advertising. Yeah. I mean, how else can you really do it these days in 2019? Yeah, that's, that, um, yeah, that's, that's how it is these days. So, um, but yeah, it's still word of mouth and, and you know, we, we still paid for getting posters printed around town and stuff like that as well. So you just you try and maximise the opportunities to, to get people mm. in. And yeah, you just got to be persistent about it and, um, and you know, not let it get you down and just keep going and going on. Agreed. Okay. So if people want to listen to you guys, if they want to talk to you, in other words, if they want to reach out to you on social media, how do they contact you? Um, so pretty much we're on all, all the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. So just shoot us a message. <laughs> There's a um, <laughs> there's a on our website www.temisrising.com.au. There's um, there's links for all our merch and stuff on there, and I'm pretty sure there's email contacts for to get in contact if there's any any booking agents or anyone listening or wants to organise shows or wants to get in contact with us that way. Um, and even if you, if anyone's friends with us on social media, just hit us up there. We're all pretty pretty easy accessible to um, welcome for a chat. Awesome, mate. Look, as far as I'm concerned, Alter Ego, one of the best hard rock or heavy metal albums of the year in 2019, not just from an Australian act, but from anywhere. So you can bank on that. It's an excellent album if you love In Flames, if you love Trivium, if you're a bit partial to some Disturbed or Deftones, mate, this is the album for you. So uh, I, I have a lot of listeners in the States, the United States. I really hope that they can reach out courtesy of comments there and send you a message or, or interact or just purchase your music or even listen to it. Just listen to it and get into yeah. some Aussie metal because you're a fantastic representative of what this country can produce. Um, appreciate the uh, kind words. No worries, mate. All right, look, what I do from here is uh, I'm very comfortable with everything that we've spoken about. I put it up unedited. You know, that I don't mess with it. I just stick it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll just link you in on the socials. Is that cool? Just yeah. in other words, I'll just yeah, put. Perfect. Yep, and then you can share it or otherwise. No dramas, no pressure or obligation yeah. otherwise. No, no, we'll keep an eye out for it. No problems at all. Thanks, mate. Good luck with everything. Right. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Appreciate it. Catch ya. Bye. You've been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A List Online, and my name is Andrew Mackay Smith. That interview subject was James Ward Armstrong. He plays a guitar and Perth-based outfit, Tempest Rising. Thanks so much for listening.